Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Studio Experience Podcast. It's a bonus episode today, and we are on episode number 16 of season two. And Crazy. You guessed it. There he is, Joe, my good friend. Welcome, sir. I am here. I'm present, <laughs> and I'm ready to talk about something super technical. <laughs> well, it can be. I guess it depends on how your brain works, but yeah, <laughs> we're, we're talking about file management today, which... Definitely sounds really nerdy at first, but honestly, I think it's something that is really can be a big either time suck or time saver if if it's not something that you're managing or if it's something that you manage really well. So we wanted to spend some time talking about maybe different methods, you know, things that we do or see other people do to keep a nice, tidy, efficient file management system in place and, you know, just make one less thing difficult for you in your process of being an engineer. Yeah, just being able to find everything correctly and uh, understanding which mix is the final, final, last revision, (laughs) absolute final mix. Underscore for real. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Having a consistent, having a method or coming up with your own method is extremely important. It doesn't need to be a method that everyone else uses. True. True. it can be if you're working with somebody, especially if that somebody's paying you, uh, mm-hmm. it might be nice to adopt that method for their sake. But um, if it's just you coming up with a method that works, that's consistent, that you can apply between projects for naming things and organizing is just like, everything just feels better. You know where it's right. at, you know how quickly to access it, you know how to tell somebody else to access it if they need to. Mm-hmm. I've had that a few times. Yeah. And it's like, hey, can you go grab that hard drive that's in the drawer upstairs and plug it in quick and email me this file? I'm I'm on tour or something. I right. need this file. And yeah. then you can almost walk them through without even having to see it where that file would be. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah super important. Well, and I think it even, it ends up saving your brain power because it's just one less thing you have to think about when you know your naming methods, you know, your file hierarchy methods, you know, all that stuff. So it really just becomes such a habit that you at a certain point don't really even have to think about it anymore. And so it also just saves that mental energy as well. Once you adopt like a consistent system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, What's uh, I guess the best way to talk about it is like our personal ways of uh, file management. Well, I think Joe, you and I have talked a little bit about this off air, if you want to call it that. So I know that we differ. Um, For me, it's relatively simple. And funny enough, I'm wanting to actually switch the way that I do manage my files. But as of now, and for quite a long time, the way I've been managing what stuff goes where is basically there's a studio folder on an external drive. And then from there, all the folders are named by the artist. And so I know whoever I'm working with on this project, it's within their folder. And then each either single or EP or album gets its own folder under their name. And then each session is within that folder. And so it's it's really pretty simple and straightforward in that regard. And then what I'm thinking about, what I'd like to sort of shift into is start doing folders by year. And I'm also, because right now I'm doing everything locally and backing it up, but because mastering sessions are relatively small in file size, at least in comparison to like a mix or a recording session, they're small enough that 
I could manage it all on Dropbox and work from a Dropbox folder on a local drive, but it's always just getting synced to the cloud automatically, which makes backup incredibly simple. So that's something I want to switch to. But the thing that's holding me back right now is my upload speed is just not fast enough. And so it's a pain to try to constantly be syncing like 96K files with a slow upload speed. So right now it's not practical for me to do that. So I'm kind of just stuck until we get fiber service where I live to uh, do it locally and just back up from there. But anyway, that's kind of the general breakdown of as far as file structure um, for what I do. What about you, Joe? Yeah, so I kind of approach things a little bit differently just because the way my brain works, my brain compartmentalizes everything. So I work with a couple different labels. I work with a couple different producers that send like consistent projects. Mm-hmm. So when I think of like a producer, I think of their artists. When I think of a label, I think of their artists. When I think of people that come directly to me, I think of those clients. So yeah. I organize my folders the same way. So I have like a studio folder on an external hard drive. Uh, and then I have a list of like the producers, whether it's a record label, it's a producer me personally, the clients that come directly to me. And then I do some work on Sound Better as well. So I have a folder mm. just for Sound Better. And then whatever else split up that way. <laughs> Which it's so funny to hear you say that because my mind is immediately stressed out. I'm like, there's no way in hell I could figure out who belongs to what folder <laughs> with that <laughs> method. So it's funny how it's just different for us. Yeah, it's just, it's just how your brain works. And then from there, I have the list of artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I always name every Pro Tool session with the artist name, the song title. And then when I do okay. mix revisions, it's, uh, it's changed recently, but it's, uh, it's now currently mix one, mix two, mix three. I used to use like zero one, zero two, zero three, but yeah, it's, I just switched it to mix one, mix two, mix three, mix four. Is there a so specific on. reason why? Uh, just is easier, I think, for the client. And somebody else shared it, shared that technique with me recently, and it was nice. Hmm. I just was right like, yeah, this is cool. This makes some more sense. Can you go back to revision 03.03? Or is mm. like, or can you go back to mix three? Yeah. Easier to say that way. So, gotcha. Uh, for the client, it made more sense too. Yeah. I guess if I do alternate versions, I just tag on in parentheses on the end, like V2, V3, whatever. But mm-hmm. if I'm numbering songs, like if it's an on an album, I will uh, do 01, 02, 03, because once you get up to 10, gotcha. it just feels better that way, I feel like. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, no, that makes sense. How do you... So you do V1, V2, V3 when you're doing mastering versions? Well, yeah, for revisions. Yeah, I'll name them each version after the initial. I don't, I don't ever name the first one V1. I just name it song title dash master ref. And then mm. send that off. That always drove me nuts. Oh, what? Like V2, because V3? It, if you, it, no, if you don't name the first one. Oh. Because then if you're in like uh, sort by alphabetical order, I think, it just like shows up at the bottom mm. in like the finder window. Yeah, I guess if, if you had <laughs> a lot of files, that would be annoying. That never really comes up for me just because there's you know, a couple files per session or per song, at least. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, that would yeah, make sense. Yeah, I see sense. some mastering engineers label it like M1 or R1 mm-hmm. and V1. Yeah. So. I think a little bit of it for me is like saying V1 almost implies there could or should be more versions that like, like I want to convey the confidence that I feel great about this one. So maybe that's why I leave V1 off is like. That's a good point. I feel good about this and I don't want to like imply there needs to be another version if you're already yeah. happy with this one. Yep. Yeah, that's true. But I do make sure that they do like it <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's good to have like a like a really steadfast way. And it can always change over time. Right. But have a good way of organizing things so you can always find everything. Mm-hmm. Um I think a good rule is an external drive always. I think that's kind of been the the standard if you talk to anybody. Sure. Um, all your applications are installed on your main drive on the computer, and then any project you work on is an external drive. Yeah, that's generally the approach I've seen and used myself for sure. Yeah. And then, like, the other thing, I think we can move on to this, is, like, how to make sure we have backups of everything. Yeah. I think that's an important part of file management is making sure that the files you manage don't disappear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, I never delete anything ever, any revision, any, I probably have a lot of wasted hard drive space, but I'd rather have it that way. Right. It's like the one or $200 it costs to buy another hard drive versus like losing something forever that you didn't want to lose. Yep. Yeah. Or that uncomfortable email you need to answer two years down the road. Hey, do you still have this? Do you still have mix one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still haven't made a decision on this. Oh, no. um, yeah, and, then, and now we're shooting back to the last episode. But, right. <laughs> um, but it's nice to go, yeah, I do. Here it is. Yeah, that's Let's true. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not that's not like an open door to be like, you know, not keeping your files tidy, I guess, but use a little extra space to keep things if you might need it in the future is, is not a bad thing. Again, if it's yeah. organized. Yeah, as a business, it's our job to keep our records. Mm -hmm. whether those are receipts or the files we we work on. But I think the expectation today is that the client expects us to have a backup or be able to access anything that we've ever worked on. Some do Um, for sure, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the expectation. So, like, I always make sure I use a service called Backblaze, which is under 10 bucks a month, I think. Maybe it went up. I don't remember. But uh, it backs up all the hard drives that are connected to my computer, including my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, from 10 p- I have it set to go from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Nice. It'll make sure anything I've worked on is backed up. And the nice thing is I can access those files uh, through their website on another computer, on my iPad. So if I'm at another studio and I'm like, ah, I didn't put that file on my hard drive, mm-hmm. right. I can go on their site and I can download it. What's the storage like with them? Because I've heard great things about them. It's unlimited. Oh, wow. It's, I mean, I have, recently I've consolidated everything onto a 16 terabyte drive. So I I used to have like multiple, I had like five or six drives connected to my computer. Mm. One was for sample libraries. One was just specifically for Superior Drummer Library, which is like (laughs) a ridiculous amount of gigabyte probably a terabyte at this point. Uh-huh. Um, so I bought a 16 terabyte drive and I consolidated all of them 
onto this one drive. But yeah, you can have uh, 30 drives connected to your computer. And as long as, and depending on the plan, the basic plan is that the drive needs to connect to Backblaze once every 30 days. That's mm. the cheapest plan. And it'll stay in their cloud forever. Wow. Uh, as long as it sees that drive once every 30 days. Interesting. But you can have forever plans where you can just like back up a drive and then chunk it. Put it <laughs> yeah, chuck it or uh, I put it in a fire safe. Yeah, <laughs> the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have them all saved just in case I need to go back to them physically. But, uh, right. but there's lots of options for that. I mean, like Dropbox is a great way. You can sync your, your drives to Dropbox. Mm-hmm. The initial sync is always difficult and yes, time-consuming. But once it's synced, it's pretty easy to work with. I mean, people use Google Drive. There's there's lots of services out there to uh, to be able to back up your drive. Backblaze was just the easiest. I didn't need to drag or drop anything. You just click the drive, and it backs it up. That's it. That's great. I honestly might want to be looking into that because that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, and it's nice. I mean, the amount of files I work on in a day, 12 hours is enough time for it to back it up at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I've never had one issue. Uh, the Post Studio I do some freelance work for as well uses them. We've had no issues with them ever. Now, I assume you have to have your computer awake, like it can't be asleep, right? Yeah, I never turn my computer off unless I just do like a, a restart. Otherwise, it's on all day, all night. Gotcha. I always put mine to sleep at the end of the day, so I just have to leave it awake, I guess, for that. Yeah. You can have it set to backup. All day, if you wanted to, immediately. Right. I just find that the hard drive runs a little bit smoother when it's not trying to back up. So I tried to pick times that I'm not working. Sure. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people love Dropbox, for sure. And like I said, I would be probably just relying on that if it weren't for the internet service that's a little less than desirable. But Dropbox, yeah, Dropbox is a great has way. Yeah, limited plan, too. Well, they do. And I guess, again, just... The nice thing about mastering is you don't need nearly as much. You know, I'm listening to a 16 terabyte drive. I'm like, man, that is so much. I don't need. Oh, yeah. And I'm like almost full on that one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Dropbox, they have an unlimited plan, but they have, I think mine is just two terabytes. But even that's like plenty, at least for what I'm using it for, which is really just deliverable files to my clients. I don't store full session files or, you know, mix files, just master files and uh, other stuff like photos or, you know, something like that. But Mm -hmm. so, I mean, that has been very simple and it, it integrates really nicely too, like into finder on my Mac. It's very easy to move files into Dropbox without needing to even go to their website. I can sync my Dropbox folder uh, just in finder and I can even get links to tracks or files on Dropbox straight out of Finder. I just right-click that file, copy Dropbox link, and then I can paste it in an email right there, nice. you know. Nice. So it's pretty integrated in that way. It's it's pretty easy to kind of like make it a part of your workflow. Yeah, no, I uh, we use Dropbox at the Post Studio. So I've, they've got their drive synced and I've logged into their account on my computer so I can access everything that way. Mm-hmm. Which is like really, really nice to be able to work from home in that sense. Dropbox seems to be the most common file sharing type of link that I get from clients as well. I mean, I, I've i tried to, I, well, and here's maybe another 
plug for Dropbox, just uh, for those that maybe haven't and don't know about this feature, if you have it, you can actually have a folder, like a shared folder for people to upload files to, but they don't necessarily see all the files that are there. They just have a place to upload files to. So I actually use this in my file intake system where when people submit information and tracks for a new mastering project, there's a little question form that's just a few questions long to gather the information I need to kind of get the results that they're looking for. And at the end of that, it automatically takes them to a file upload page. So in one fell swoop, I can get all the information for a mastering project and the mix files directly into Dropbox that are already synced when I open up that folder. Oh, and it's amazing. named. The files are named with their name at the beginning. So I know who each file is from. So that just integrates really well into a system where if you want, you know, I think different services like WeTransfer, I think you can do have an upload page with them. Dropbox has that as well. By the way, that's called file requests with Dropbox if you're looking for mm. that. But that's a that's a really cool way to share files for sure. Nice. I do something similar with a completely different service called Disco. Mm-hmm. Um, the website's disco.ac. And a lot of major labels actually use it to hold their music libraries, their catalogs. Mm. Because you can create different playlists without having to duplicate and be able to share those playlists, make them downloadable, not downloadable, things like that. But I use it to upload the files to share with clients because, one, the music player is great on mobile with an app, uh, just mm. through the web browser. Plus, I can upload like my logo and like a background image. So for certain labels, I have their label, logo, their and logo. image there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a little personalized touch. But they also have an upload file thing. so I can, And you can create custom links. So I can have, if a client's like, hey, I'm going to upload you these amount of songs, I can create a custom link for them. And then I know where to go just for mm. those. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Or you can have a general link as well, but they will do uploads. And the nice thing with them is they don't have a file size limit they just work on a file amount limit interesting yeah so i can upload a 10 gigabyte zip file and that counts as one out of my quota of let's say i'm on the basic plan 500 because i clear it out every so often Mm -hmm. because it's just where i share the files with the client and after a certain amount of time i end up pulling those files down so you can clear it out but yeah it's a nice little little website it's a couple bucks a month and uh you can set it to download MP3, download Wave. You can upload videos on there for if you're working on a music video mix or something. You can pair the video on there as well. Uh, you can upload metadata, all sorts of things. Nice. Yeah, and you can just like not allow them to download it too. And then you get analytics, so you can see. Let's say you upload a couple mix revisions or a couple mm. mix versions. You yeah. can see which ones are streamed more. Ah, that's interesting. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's a neat service I love, and it just uh, it, it always works. That's cool. That actually, the thing about you know restricting downloads made me think of another one that is a little bit of a newer player. It's called FilePass, and I know some of the features of this are one: you can restrict downloads if you want to. You can even make it where it, they call it a paywall, where it's like once you've paid the invoice through their system, then you can have access to download the WAV file. 
Oh, but wow. you can listen to it as much as you want on their player. You just can't download it. But another cool feature is you can leave time-stamped comments, which for revisions becomes pretty cool, especially if it's like a mix thing mm-hmm. where maybe like turn up the guitar, whatever, you know, like you're trying to figure out where they're talking about. On there, you can leave the comment at the point that you're talking about and say like, let's do this here. And you can kind of just have that list of, you know, revision requests. You can check them off one at a time, mark them done, I think. And so I think it's a file sharing system that's pretty designed mostly for audio engineers. I haven't personally used it, but I I know a lot of people do like it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, the invoice or the the paywall. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a cool Uh, idea. I think Disco just implemented timeline comments as well. Mm. So... Like yeah, the SoundCloud cool. approach. Yeah, like the SoundCloud thing. You can click a point and then make a comment like, ooh, I really like this section here. Or like, right. uh, yeah, tune my vocal up. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's helpful to have that sonically. So, yeah, it's a great way to leave comments as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no shortage uh, of options. That's definitely true. And I think with that, to circle it back a little bit to the file management side of this conversation... At least my personal advice would be I would encourage you to try to find a consistent way of doing things where ideally you're not just bouncing all over the place between different things, at least as much as possible. Like you want to be able to be flexible and you want to work with whatever works for people. But at the same time, like for your own efficiency and your own, you know, mental space of just one less decision to make, try to make as much as you can be very flow-like. Similar to the file naming thing, the more consistency you have in your approach of handling files, the easier it is on your brain to manage all that and the less you have to think about it. So sometimes it's like if you're weighing out all these different options and figuring out like what are the nitty-gritty pros and cons of each one, sometimes it's better to just go with anything rather than not decide on any of them and just go with it and like figure out what you can do best with that, you know, adapt if you need to, but try to just keep it simple. That's for me. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Nope. That's definitely the way to go. You don't want to be searching for something. You don't want to be wasting that creative time. Right. Um, looking it's like, is it that. in my, is it in my Wii transfer? Is it in my Google drive? Is it in my Dropbox? Like that's just, yep. Oh, you have it all in one place, label it well, and then have it, back up somewhere else Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it can go different places but yeah just try to consolidate as much as you can you just need a central hub yep it's the same thing with a lot of different stuff i try to do that with email too like even though people reach out on facebook or text or instagram dms i always try to rein it all back into email so that i know anything that's communication about my project if it's mastering related it'll be here that can be a whole other, whole other thing. What, yeah, um, and I think it should be, but it's the same I think idea so too. We sh- you have more experience on that than I do, but yeah, yeah. Keeping track of projects and what has been done and what needs to be done and project management. Yeah, project um, management is, would be a good one. Huge, especially when you're working with a team. Yeah, very true. But yeah, I mean, man, I'm trying to think on the file. It's it's such a broad topic that kind of only gets specific with each individual. So it's hard to say a ton of specific stuff, but 
I do feel like we went over a lot of options and basic ideas to help keep things as manageable as possible. Mm-hmm. I think so too. If you have any questions on file management or backups, yeah, drop a comment on, on our Instagram page. Yeah. Send us a message, leave a comment. We'd love to hear that. Absolutely. And as always, too, if there's anything else that you do want to hear about, we love hearing those recommendations or suggestions as well. So don't hesitate to shoot that over to us because we love hearing that. And let me take a quick moment to say, while you're listening, it would be so, so cool and helpful for us because I know we have a lot of devoted listeners and a lot of people that are really cool letting us know that they're listening often. If you haven't, take a second to share this show with someone else because it would just be super cool to grow our community to more and more people that would help grow their career, help grow their skills and, uh, you know, in the studio and the different realms of life that we touch on on this show. So please take a moment to share this with someone that you think would enjoy it. We would love that. Absolutely. Cool. All right. So I think that does it for me, Joe. You all good? I'm all good. (laughs) Sweet. Cool. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Joe, for sharing as always. And we will catch you all soon. Catch you all soon. Take care.